Hello, I'm Edie Quinn, and I'd like to welcome you to Everything Remade, a podcast that I hope is about growth as much as it is about music. This week, I had a great chat with my pal Luca Cassandra Carver about music and life in general. Luca and I have collaborated on many things, the newest of which was Sparks Magazine issue 6, titled Combustion. It's a zine that also includes a compilation you can find on Middleman Records Bandcamp. If you haven't already, make sure you check that out. You can download the PDF version of the zine right along with the comp. Anyway, let's get to the interview. But before that, I'd like to remind you that I have a Patreon page where you can join for exclusive comics, zines, and music you won't find anywhere else. Check out patreon.com slash human machine. And let's get started. You're hearing Donna by Split Silk, which is the one-person project by my friend, Luca Cassandra Carver. Make sure you check that out on Bandcamp after the show. I was like, like I'm autistic, so like, and I didn't really realize much about that until like I was a adult. Um, so like, I was just like constantly like panicked and like overwhelmed by like the world around me, uh, and um, very like hyperfixated on things. So like, I was always like really into whatever. Like I didn't, I like I had no casual interests. I was always like watching tv like trying to like figure out like i don't know like watching like gundam or zoids or something and being like wait i need to know all these models and their characteristics and stuff so very like hyper fixated um and obsessive and i am that way now like as an adult um but um um yeah like i am that way as an adult as well but i guess like now i know how to control it and like i know how to like take those hyperfixations and like share them with people. So it's not just a conversation I'm having with myself. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say like, when you're talking about like, um, getting really like obsessed with it, uh, I mean, just to take one piece of that out, like Gundam or something, like you're talking about a, um, uh, 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 a, a story history with like a lot of lore and a lot of like details to memorize and stuff. It, it definitely reminded me like when I would get into like the X-Men or whatever for the first, you know, like the first time, you know, and you just like, there's, you're like, wait, there's like hundreds of these people. I have to know everything about them. I had to know all their stories and, um, yeah, I don't know. I felt similarly with with music as well. Like when when it was like, wait, this band has people from those bands, and then I had to know everything about that. You know, like, um, and it's kind of like, 
you know, I, I, I sort of was, you know, just as I was asking the question, I was like, wait, how much, like, you know, is this going to be like, well, you know, I'm not that much different like then than I am now, like, you know, draw a lot, like, I'm fascinated by stories and otherworldly, like, you know, um, like things like that. And, um, that was, uh, you know, like a, quite a bit of projection on my part, but was that also kind of accurate? Oh yeah. Like, I feel like in some ways I've always been the same age, um, like, uh, emotionally and like developmentally. Um, when I was a kid, I, it's like when I was a kid, I was always like really like mature than the other kids. But like as an adult, like I tend to kind of be a lot more like playful and like childlike than a lot of my peers. Um, which I think is just kind of like, that's just like one of my things. But yeah, like with, um, I was going to say too, just like, um, cause yeah, like all of like, you know, cause like I'm, I'm a librarian. So like, you know, I'm very big on like, like researching and like learning things like um like those are like the skills that like I love to use and like I like learn those skills like through like being obsessed with like Gundam and like Star Wars as a kid but then like the minute I was like getting into like punk like I remember like um when I was like um because like I liked music beforehand but like um a friend in high school gave me like three records at the same time and it was um it was like Fugazi's 13 songs, The Drive Like Jay, who's self-titled, and then Captain Jazz's like an alphabet apologology. And like getting all three of those records, like at that moment, it kind of just set me on a path. And then like from there, like the obsession happened. Yeah. Yeah. You one thing when you were talking about like um how you feel like parts of you are are still very similar to like or or rather you put it like, I feel like I've always been the same age. Like how much do you think that, um, like the fact that you didn't get to have certain kinds of friendships and, and stuff when you were a child that you're able to have now, like how much do you think that factors into it? Because like, I, I personally find like myself, um, feeling like, when I watch, like, I watched, like, Paper Girls, for example, and I was, like, and, I mean, say what you will about that show, like, versus the comic, because the comic is, like, perfect, in my opinion, but, like, mm-hmm. when I was just, like, watching the show, and I'm just, like, these these girls, like, they get on each other's nerves and stuff, but the way that they're friends, like, no matter what, like, in it, like, it broke my heart. I was just, like, I never got to have that kind of friendship, and, like... I felt myself like sort of like um like I felt myself like thinking back at my friendships and I felt myself in a way like um t- not not like treating my friendships like that now but I but I felt like I wished I could I don't know does that have any like does that make any sense Oh, no, it does. Okay. There's, like, yeah, there's, like, I think, like, a certain, like, melancholy surrounding, like, childhood friendships for queer people and, like, trans people. Because, like, I know for me, like, um, like, I didn't 
I didn't have like my first like actual best friend until I was like 15. Um, before that, it was just like people I would like run into. It was like kids from church that like my parents said I could hang out with, um, or it was like cool to hang out with them. Um, but like, you know, it was like these like smelly boys who really liked like shooting airsoft guns at each other and playing Halo. And like deep, deep down, I was like, no, I want to be like playing with music and like going shopping and like doing like these like teen girl things. Um, but like that like really like wasn't on, that wasn't on the menu, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. So like, I feel like for me at least, like, um, I feel like, um, you know, a lot of like the kind of like friendships that I'm like trying to have now, um, cause like, uh, I'm 27, I turned 28 this year. Well, that's how age, that's how ages work. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> A lot of a lot of my life, I think, like from this point forward and like throughout my like thirties, I just plan to kind of be time to give myself the kind of like connections um and like relationships that like I wish I could have had like growing up. And like I have people in my life now who like really kind of fit that like like childhood best friend uh energy and it's like really special. Um and it's like something I cherish a lot. And it's like something that like I really like I could only be doing now because of just like how my life worked. Um, Cause yeah, I guess like it's easy to just like look at that now and be like, Oh, I wish I had this when I was like 19, but like I wasn't ready. I'm like, now I am. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I grew up in, in Dayton, Ohio, like, like as a small child. Uh, and, and uh, it was, a, uh, you know, like my best friend at that time, like was a kid that lived a couple houses, like literally like one house over. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know why this memory is like jutting out right now, but I remember the first time that I saw, um, welcome to the jungle video. And, um, <laughs> and, and then, and, and my friend was like, that band, that band rocks so hard, you know, or whatever. Like it was like, it was a real super generic, like, like, I don't know, eight year old, nine year old boy, like thing to say. Right. And, um, and I said, I remember I said something like, I thought that the singer was really pretty. And, um, and my friend was like offended because he was aware that Axl Rose was, was a man. And, I was like, oh, I, I don't, yeah, I just, I'm just saying. And I was like, of course I'm backpedaling because I am now realizing that what I said was outside of like what was an acceptable thing to say, you know? And so I'm like, well, I just meant, I just meant like, yeah, as a man, he's really like pretty. Like categorically, and, categorically uh, and, he's pretty. <laughs> right, and whatever I'm trying to say. And like, I when I'm thinking about that now, I'm just like, fuck like so much of this shit tracks you know like just like um like there's i don't know there's like so many points in my life that i can point at and just be like yeah i don't know why it took until like so late in my life for me to figure certain things out i guess it's because you don't have like the language for it or or you know what i mean whatever whatever reasons um but um yeah i don't know it's it's like I, I definitely um, feel like there are, you know, I do have um, a lot of friends now that I, that I, 
uh, have have those kinds of friendships that I wished I had when I was a kid. Um, it's all it's not it's not anybody in my day-to-day life as far as like in person, you know, unfortunately, but, um, yeah, I don't know. That's another, I guess that's another thumbs up for the internet. You know, it's like you can have, you know, these, these friends and these experiences that like, um, can bind you to people, uh, whether you, whether you've seen them, uh, not since 2017 or 18, like in our cases or not, you know? Uh, yeah. But, um, it's like, yeah, because, like, the whole process of, like, um, like putting, like, when I was, like, putting together, like, all the split silk stuff, I was, like, desperate to, like, send it to people because I'm just, like, is this actually, like, working? And, like, so I was sending it, like, yeah, I was sending it to you. I was sending it to, like, uh, Maria, like, mm-hmm. in the Philippines. I was sending it to Donnie in Texas. Uh, mm-hmm. um, like, all these, like, friends that I've, like, made through the Internet um, or, like, and like, you know, but it's like people who like get what I'm trying to do. And it's like, there's like a certain specificity in the types of like relationships that we kindle online that I think like, you know, cause like when you're like a kid in school, you're like, um, like you're, you're like constant of making friends. And it's like, Oh, do you like video games? Like, yeah, I like video games. But like when it's like online, it's like, you find you try to find people who like have like share your specific interests and like you vibe with on like um a really like specific level where it's like you both get the exact thing you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. For sure. Since you mentioned uh, Donovan, I'm assuming that's who you're talking about. Um, yeah. Uh, what like that's when we met was at yeah in Texas at that fest. Um, was that the first time that you were in a band that did stuff like that? Um, yes. Um, the first band ever that I was in was uh, this band in high school. It was just like a hardcore band. Um, mm-hmm. That was kind of that like era where like there were like a lot of like kind of like crusty like power violence punk bands. Like I know Coke Bust was like really big, and like and then like Dead in the Dirt, who's like an Atlanta band. Um, which I know like that's Blake from Dead in the Dirt, who like was in Mute. Uh, uh, me and him call it us, mm-hmm. um, like those cats. Um, and then like, uh, Hank who played drums and dead in the dirt, uh, is in that band, um, slow fire pistol now. Oh yeah. Um, with like uh, a bunch of my friends who were in a band called ant pile. That was yeah. like really big. Yeah. In I Atlanta. met some of them when we played yeah. that show that the last time that we saw each other, I met some of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, um, but yeah, no, like under sky, so blue was like the first band I was in that like felt like it had like, um, drive. Um, and that I was, and the thing too, is like, I was 19, like I was 19 and 20, um, when I was in that band and like the other two people I was in the band with at that time, I think they were both like more around my age, like 25, 26. So I was like, I was like the rookie. Um, and like, I know like going to that fest in Austin was like really big for me. Um, just cause it was like, you know, I met a lot of people there who like, I still talk to a lot. Like I met you, like I met, uh, Donovan. Um, I met trying to think of other folks, just a lot of people who like, I still keep in touch with like on the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, like I still like think about, um, some of those sets pretty regularly. Like I know that was like the first time I'd ever heard of Lord snow. <laughs> and like those Lords, those Lord Snow albums, like honestly, are like one of, one of the, those are like 
I feel like um, a lot of what I'm doing now, like, isn't categorically Screamo, um, but, like, it has Screamo DNA, you know? Sure, sure. Yeah, like, it's, like, it's there. Um, Let me ask and, you. And, like, if... yeah, Lord's... Oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, you were going to say more about Lord Snow, so I'll take it Yeah, I was just going to say, like, yeah, or just, like, yeah, like, seeing, like, Lord Snow and then, like, Ampere, like, um, those days, uh, and y'all, honestly, too, like, that was another, like, earth-shattering set, um, but, like, um, Lord Snow especially was just, like, such, like, imprinted on me deeply, and I was just, like, this is the kind of music I wanted to make, and, like, hearing, like, Steph's vocals, I was, like, damn, I want to scream like that. yeah. Let me ask you, did you talk, did you talk to like, uh, any of them after the show? Like specifically Eric, the drummer? I didn't. Oh my God. Okay. So like, just to set this up for everyone that's listening, uh, Lord Snow, in my opinion, and I mean, I don't know the songs like well enough to play them on drums. Like I, I, well, I actually couldn't, even if I did know them that well, cause like Eric's just one of the most like creative drummers that I can think of. Uh, but I, I generally speaking, I, I feel like I usually know enough about music to just be like, this band was fucking dead on or they were a little bit sloppy or whatever. Right. But Lord Snow, I feel like played just a flawless set. I just feel like every thing that I heard was like just super tight and, packed full of energy and afterward I was chatting with Eric like very shortly after they played and he was so drunk like (laughs) it it was bonkers I was like yeah I was like how did you just play like how did you just do what you just did like you know and like I mean you know like it, that I mean, that's what it was like, it, you know, everybody was being responsible, but like he was having a good fucking time. He was partying, you know, but like they played flawlessly and he was just like, like we were sitting there and he was like, we were chatting and he was like, did I buy this record off of you before? And I was like, like, you know, and like we were and I was just like, this is wild how how drunk he was like and he just was perfect. Like he, he was flawless and he was like, nah, I messed up. You know, I mean, you know how it's like when you're complimenting somebody and they're like, nah, the one time, you know, or the five times. And and it was just like, but I feel like that's how it always is with them. Like, I'm just like between the three of them, they are just in lockstep and just like, just one of them, like we, when they first got started, we played with them so much. Like, cause you know, we're real close. We're like a couple hours away from Chicago. So we'd play with mm-hmm. them all the time. And uh, it was just like, especially when I was still playing drums and doing, vo- like I was just every time playing with them, just like, I'm gonna go home and I'm gonna play drums for like 60 hours this week, I swear. And like, I wouldn't, but you know, it made me like, sometimes it made me feel like, I should just quit, but a lot of times it makes me feel super inspired too, you know? I mean, I'm sure you know the vibes, it's like... <laughs> oh no, like, I know that exact feeling. Yeah. Well, because also the thing too about, like, Lord Snow, I think, like, especially, like, compared to, like, other, like, screamo bands of that era, um, I think, like, it was really popular to be, like, heavy and, like, have, like, like heavy and, like, super tight, but, like, the thing about them that I always, like, was drawn to was, like, 
the way that they would tighten up and loosen, like at like a moment's notice. And like when they would loosen, it would just work. And then like, it would come all back in like, like Eric would be doing these crazy ass fills. And then like, it would all just come back in and just like hit you in the face. And like that sense of like control and like dynamism was the thing where I was just like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's wild. Like I, mm, I like, I can't remember the first time that I ever saw him play drums. Uh, it was a very long time ago, though, like at least like, you know, 2008 or something. It's like we definitely played with like uh, a lot of his uh, former bands and stuff. And even to the point where when we played with um, with them uh, when he was in Lautrec, like um, we had played a different band of mine, rather, but not Coma, but um, had played a show with one of his previous bands. And we had chatted before that. And because uh, I didn't really play drums like like that much until Coma started, um, I was just always like that person. That's like when somebody was really good at something, I, then I, I want to know like what's, you know, like how's the sausage made you know tell me like what are you doing that's separating you from from uh, everybody else you know like what makes you this this god among mortals you know um and so yeah. i was yeah i didn't even really play drums but i just chat with uh eric and when we played with lautrec the one time in, in bloomington indiana like uh he was like oh yeah i remember you you know we were chatting about drums and like and you know like you play drums and i'm just like We sort of skipped the heads uh, and everything, but um, how did you get started playing music? Um, so I um, basically like I, I had a guitar lessons, like on an acoustic guitar. So like I remember like very vividly, like in fifth grade, like we were talking, like we were going around saying like um, our teacher was like like showing us like Beatles songs or something. And she was like asking us like what our favorite music was. And I just remember being like, I really like don't like music. Like I don't get it. Which like in retrospect, it's just like such a autistic thing to say. <laughs> but then like, in, but then like, I think like the next year, um, I like uh, started to get into like classic rock, you know, like I got like uh, the first like Boston album. Um, and like, I was getting in much of the white stripes and that sort of stuff. I started taking guitar lessons with this one dude um, where I was, like, playing acoustic guitar, but that, like, I wasn't ready, and it really stressed me out. And I think it's just, like, I just, I've never liked acoustic guitar. Um, it's just, like, it's a weird instrument to me, like, in a sensory way. 
But um, so I put it down after that. Um, and then like drawing was like more of my thing, like in middle school. And then um, I like wanted to get an electric guitar when I was like 13. Um, and I won this um, or like I had like a an art piece like in a show um, from school. And uh, this lady wanted to buy my piece. Um, and I was like, cool, if like she buys that piece, then I can uh, get a guitar. Uh, I can get like a Squire Strat with like a little practice amp. Uh, and my parents like didn't want me to get rid of it because they were like, well, we want to keep it. Um, so they made a deal with me where they said like, okay, we can keep it. Or like, okay, we'll buy you like a guitar, an electric guitar like if uh, we get to keep the drawing. So I was like, okay, sure. You sold and it then, to your parents basically. Effectively. Yeah, yeah. They outbid the other person. They came up with a yeah. better offer. Yeah. Yeah, and that yeah, and that sculpture is like still like up at their house and I look at it every once in a while and I'm like, Oh, that's how this all started. But um but yeah, I was just like a squire strat and um there was a, a music store, uh, and there was like a music around, which is like a chain of like secondhand music stores. Um effectively like the biggest music pawn shop you could ever dream of. That was um by the Kroger um, near me, um, the grocery store. And it's like my mom would like drop me off there while she was uh, shopping. Um, and I would like basically just go in there like from like age 12 onward and just like try out or age 13 onward and just like try out every pedal, try out every guitar. Um, and that's kind of how I got into gear and like learning about this stuff. Um, and uh, that's basically how it all started. And then when I was 16, I got asked to play bass in this hardcore band. Um, and that's how it all started. Yeah. Now, do you remember like gravitating to any certain kinds of pedals or effects specifically, like when you were, uh, naive about the whole thing? Um, I, I started out with like one of those like shitty, like Digitech, like multi effects things. Okay. Um, one with like the two buttons and like the little like expression pedal, um, and that kind of taught me everything. Um, and that like that's how I like learned about stuff. And then it's just started like picking up pedals. Like I think I had a chorus pedal because like I really loved like the Smiths and like um, like my Bloody Valentine at that point. And then like I got like into delays too. Um, but. Um, because I've always, like, been very big on, like, chorus and, like, flange. Like, those are always, like, my two, like, those are, like, the effects that I think, like, separate me um, from a lot of, like, my peers who, like, are just always into, like, overdrives and distortions. But, like, I'm, like, I don't know. I love, like, I love, like, adding movement to guitar sounds. And it's just, like, so fun to play with and, like, play against. Yeah. Do you, like, were you, were you being influenced by a lot of, like, um, like, like, you know, for lack of a better or like less generic term, like a lot of like guitar, like uh, goth guitar players, like Sisters of Mercy, uh, The Cure, um, Susie, you know, stuff like that. Were you? Or, oh, totally. Yeah. No, like John McGeoch was like, uh, who played, who was like the guitarist for like Susie and the Banshees from like, I guess 80 to like 86. Mm -hmm. um, that, like all that stuff was like, um, ingrained into me because like Joy Division was like the first, one of the first bands I got like really obsessed with um, so like that's how I like got into like um, like those kind of chorusy tones and then like you know The Cure like you said um, 
Sisters of Mercy, not so much, um, but definitely like Susie and the Banshees was a big one. And then like um, My Bloody Valentine to some extent. And then also like Stone Roses as well um, into kind of that more 90s stuff. Um, I want to do a Stone Roses cover at some point. I think that would be really fun. But um, Grave Neighbors. There you go. (laughs) Hell yeah. Uh, You know, you got um, you got like nine months. Yeah. To get ready. Yeah. and uh, yeah, I, I guess I'll just, you know, I'll just stop and say that, you know, anybody else that's listening, you have nine months to get ready. Uh, <laughs> so I'm not, I, and I'll still be biting my nails up until the last minute to see if I get enough submissions or if I have to do like six covers all myself to round it out. Uh, but um, yeah, it, it's, um, it's really cool. I think it, I find... Uh, the, the I find the sounds that like my children and stuff like gravitate to like on um just like a like we have a, a halfway decent uh keyboard that um my nine year old specifically likes to uh to play and we actually i got this um i got this like uh this casio like this other um with with like some synth capabilities that um that he started playing with at some point and um i just find the 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 sounds that that children gravitate to to be uh really interesting and i and when people can incorporate them in into you know music that would be described as like punk or alternative or whatever like I just think that's really awesome and the thing about that with me is that I think that a lot of times like I just haven't had the confidence to say look I know this isn't like um as good as those bands we were talking about you know or whatever like um I don't know uh I, I I started that all wrong, but it's like, I feel like, okay, if you want to play post-hardcore or whatever, and you're going to throw flange on it or chorus on it or whatever, and you're going to do something different with the guitar tones, I feel like you're like in some way responsible for it being better than just like average. And if you don't, you're putting kind of like a a target on yourself like oh yeah you, you know what i'm saying like i don't this isn't the best way that i could be putting this but it seems like you no, understand it's like what the, i'm saying like yeah or it's like that thing where like if you're going for it you really gotta go for it and yeah. like you gotta commit to the bit <laughs> right right and it's like the thing about that too is like the more music that i make and where where i see my successes or my failures or or whatever you know like other people don't even know that i consider that a success or a failure you know they just take it at face value like and either enjoy it or don't you know and so so this is like almost me calling on myself to just stop worrying about that shit you know and just like yeah, if you want to put some weird shit on there, then just do it, you know? Because, like, I yeah, never... Like, yeah, like... Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, like, yeah, like, I kind of, like... I don't know, in the same way, like, with, like, visual art, like... Like, my, like, journey with, like, as, like, uh, like doing, like, visual art, like... I think, like, my journey with, like, guitar, like, was so fixated on style and, like, standing out 
um, for so long that like, I just kind of like realized at a certain point, like no matter what I do, the, like the way I am going to play guitar is just going to sound like me. And if I like think about it too hard, it's just going to feel like disingenuous to some degree. Mm-hmm. So it's better to just kind of lean into like what I do. And like, it took me a while to kind of figure, like, I kind of like, like recently, like in like making this album, um, EP thing. I still don't know what to call it. Um, uh, but what I was kind of starting to do was like reverse engineer my my sound and like the way I approach guitar and like I I like it kind of hit me where I was like oh wait my like picking hand like my right hand is like doing John Marr and my left hand is doing like drive like Jehu and unwound. <laughs> huh. Yeah. You. So you are. You're. Are you always like sort of semi-conscious of things like that or or are there is it just sometimes like are there moments that it you're not you can't you don't analyze it and you just go for it or are you always sort of like analyzing so that you can know like where you need to go from there or? I think like I normally don't just because, like, the way I approached songwriting for, like, the past, like, couple years was, like, I would just, like, I would write a couple of riffs in Ableton, record them, and then, like, move on. Put, just leave them on my hard drive. Mm-hmm. Um, and they would just kind of sit there. Like, I would, like, I would export, like, some MP3s just to have on my Google Drive, um, just to have on hand. But um, I was never really, like, looking back at my stuff. But, like, in the making of the Split Silk stuff and, like, piecing it together for the first time, like, I was, like having to listen to myself a lot because mm. like that's that's the thing about like I guess like you kind of run into this where it's like when you're when you're doing a project that is all you like you are like exposed to like you're like hyper becoming like hyper fixated on like your like ticks as a musician um or a songwriter um because like you're having to like you know at them or like you're like having to think about the like, range for like compression or like EQing and you're like oh, I do this thing a lot. That's really fascinating. Or like, oh, I always compose, like all the songs I write kind of have this similar build. Yeah. And I guess like that's been fascinating to me because now I'm thinking like for like the next Split Silk thing, which like I have a song picked out um, and I'm going to start recording just because I'm, I'm that bitch. Um, <laughs> um, but um, it's like now I'm thinking like how can I subvert that, you know? Yeah. But I normally am not in that headspace. Like it's only like when I'm in that like editing phase where I get to kind of see um these things I tend to do. Yeah. I think it's kind of fun to do it's kind of fun to, you know, to just be every way about it because like yeah, you like I you know, the other day I was tracking guitar for this thing that, you know, uh, it's been a, it's been a long time coming, but hopefully it'll it'll come together over the course of this year. But I was like doing this little guitar part, and it was like really hard for me, and for whatever reason. And um, and then like I realized I'm like I'm just like thinking the fuck out of this. Like I need to stop thinking about it. Like I'm thinking, but this next finger has to go here, and this next finger has to go there, and it's just not doing it right. So like I just had to turn it off. But sometimes like you're saying, like paying close attention and that way you're, you can be more deliberate, like is also like, you're like, it it helps you fight that natural impulse that you, um, 
that you're describing like finding on accident, you know, it helps you like be like, oh yeah, I, I'm trying to do that because I always do that. Like I shouldn't do that. But, um, but, but I mean like shouldn't is the wrong word. It's just like, I don't, I'm going to choose not to do that this time. But like, yeah. yeah. It's like thinking about like songwriting less is like, I have to do this because this is like this. And it's more thinking about it. Like, in a sense of play almost, you know? Yeah. Uh, like, yeah. like, like how children are, you know, like children aren't like, aren't thinking super heavily about like what they're doing. They're just kind of doing it. Yeah. Um, and they're approaching it from like, Oh, I'm playing with my, like, I'm playing with these like Legos. What if I make them this way instead? Or what if I do it this way? So it's like almost taking that like, like, like fourth grade scientific method approach to like life, you know, just kind of thinking about it in terms of like, well, what if I do this or this? Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause my thing is always like, I love like, um, um, one of like the, the like proper like band I'm in McQueen, um, uh, one of the guys in it, Al, who is like, um, we record everything like at his studio and he has like a little home studio set up and it's funny to like, and like, I've been helping with like production stuff more for like our recordings and it's been fun just because like he's so like slight with how he like turns knobs like he'll have like a compressor open um and he's like trying to turn the knob just a little bit and he's like just a little bit versus like me like i like slam the thing all the way up so i can hear what it does mm-hmm. and then like i turn it all the way down and then i'm like okay now that i know like where i can go i can find the middle you find the extremes and then you know you're like well that's that's not it and that's not it and then yeah you know like how far you want to go in one direction or the other. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's wild. Like one thing that when, you know, when you first started talking about like finding things, um, that you are like, well, that's a thing that I do is like when I was actually, um, putting together the comp for the zine, I, I was listening through and, and, um, like there was this, there was, there's, there's this beat that I go to a lot in like some of, you know, uh, um, the songs that I write and stuff. And, um, there was a, a part in an EP where I, I play this same beat, like in, it's two different songs, but I play it in each song. And, and, you know, um, when you're, when you're still fleshing things out, like you, you, you know, you can, you can leave it alone. You can be like, well, I'll just try to do something that's unique enough in each instance that it'll draw attention away from that same beat. Um, but the funny thing about when I was putting that comp together is like, I'm just listening through it. And I noticed like in this one specific song, I was like, damn, this part goes so fucking hard. Right. And then like, it was another song, like a few songs later. And I'm like, this, this is the best part of this song. And I was like, shit, this is the same beat. Like this, these are the same beats. Like that's the beat that I love. Like I can't, like, I just go to it. Whether it's somebody else's song, it resonates with me, whether it's, you know, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. There's like, um, there's like you said, like putting together like Legos and, and, and when it's music, it's like you can uh, you can have the same shape Legos, but they're like different colors. And and uh, so when you put them, um, you put the the three brick 
that's yellow on top of the red brick. That's, you know, uh, four squares. Um, like, and you arrange it differently. It creates a different thing. Like sometimes you look at the fact that you're using the same bricks too much. Like it's too close to you that you forget, like you're going to do all this other stuff later. That's gonna like make it distinct, you know, like sometimes, yeah. Sometimes I think that's probably why people like there's that like um, cliche about people ne never finishing their projects, you know, because they just don't mm -hmm. get far enough. Like, did you feel like that was kind of happening to you where you would say that you'd put down some of the stuff for the EP and and it would sort of just sit there or were you just more like collecting enough material so that you could really evaluate it? Well, like, the way Split Silk happened was um, the last band I was in uh, before I joined the Queen, it was this band Waltz that was kind of, like, post-punk, but, like, we were moving into, like, more, like, post-hardcore territory. Um, and um, our drummer moved, um, and he was, like, really key to the sound of that band, so we kind of just called it. Um, and I was kind of left in a situation where I was, like, I want to be making music, and... Um, I have like something to say. So that was like 2019 or 2020, maybe 2019 or 2020 that I started to kind of get that stuff together. Um, and recording, um, lots and lots and lots of demos. Um, and I did this thing where like, I basically did about like a song a week for a while. Um, and I just kind of treated songwriting as like a sketchbooking process where I'm like, I'm not going to use all this, but like I'm getting stuff out and I'm getting used to the process of like recording and, and, uh, sketching songs instead of like getting them finished. So like, that was more like my like idea, like I guess my blue sky phase. God, I hate that term. Um, um, but like, um, basically like I had all those songs were like together and I just was using those demos as like things to show to people to jam on. Um, and it just kind of never happened. Uh, and I would like, I was getting frustrated. And then I remember I showed one of the demos to someone and they were like, Oh, like, when are you going to release this? And I'm like, like, it's not done. It sounds bad. And they're like, no, it sounds good. Like these who played drum belts on this. And I'm like, no, they're programmed drums. And I'm like, just release it. It sounds good. So I kind of like in December of this past year, I was like, fuck it. I'm going to put this out. Um, and I just kind of like started working like a mad lady, just like um, putting everything together. I picked the songs and started to like go back into these project files that like I had made in like 2021, like two years prior, effectively, and re-recording new parts and it was a lot of it was like trying to figure out like what I was using. I was like, how did I get this guitar sounds? Like, like how did it, like, what did I, like what pedal did I use or like what bass did I use? Um, and like that happened so fast. Like I got that EP done in like a month. Um, yeah, because it, like, it, it did happen like, fast, I remember. Yeah. It had like a lot of like potential energy built up, like nervous energy. And it just kind of like exploded.
even if you had all the songs like basically you know there for you to dissect and and reassemble and what whatever um you know magic you did i feel like just just putting together like the vocals for those so quickly was like it was just like holy shit because it's not just like it's not just screamo where it's just like <laughs> i'm just gonna scream like this one or two bark like cadence over every uh you, you know what I'm saying? Like, not that, like, not that, like, I don't do that. You know what I mean? Like, I'm saying this, like, as a screamo. So, like, um, it's just, yeah, I don't know. Like, to put the vocals together that quickly was just, like, I was just, like, holy shit. Like, um, that that's super, super impressive. Um, but d as far as, like, the songs go, did you... Ha how much reassembling and like piecing together uh of like this previous material did you have to do or or were you just going back into old things and being like wow that's surprisingly pretty uh pretty solid and and near finished so the way i write um i do like all my writing for songs in ableton um and like the way Ableton works is like you record like like it's really good for writing because you can just like record a bar and loop it. Um, and I like will take those loops and piece them together like Lego blocks. And I'll say like, OK, verse verse uh, piece. I need two of these. And then it goes to the chorus bar, like bar. Um, and so basically, like it was all like all these songs were just assembled of like uh, like different like carbon copies oh, okay so like it it it's kind of like it, it 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 like quantizes it and then you can just sort of like lay them on top of each other seamlessly yep yeah okay that's and it's like i suppose that's why that program is like so popular with like um like hip-hop and stuff right because it's just yeah like you're just like you're you get satisfied with one part and then you just decide how many times you want it to go and and you're you're off yeah because like even like one of ableton's like built-in things is like if you import um an mp3 into uh the program it will and you like put that in the timeline it'll automatically try to figure out what bpm it is so it syncs up which like if you're like doing like what we're doing, like that's annoying. But like if you're a DJ and you're like, I need to have this match with a set, like that's perfect. So yeah, Ableton's like, I think I got into it around like 2016, 2017. And it's just like invaluable for writing. I considered maybe like using a different program for like tracking, but it ended up like, I just kind of stuck with Ableton and it's done me pretty well, I think. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so basically like I had like these like, taped together loops and then what i would do is make a new track beneath it and just track it live yeah i would punch, punch in a couple times but like i basically didn't want anything on the album to be looped especially drums but you that, um, but that was like really useful because then you could just like basically play along with your other track it wasn't like going in um going in naked or or uh, uh like you know what i'm saying like i that's, yeah, I've you never, have something to work off of. Yeah, I don't know why I use that word specifically. Like, I don't know that there is a word to use there. But, like, 
whenever I would record like track by track with my old bands and stuff, sometimes like people would be like, I'm not going first, you're going first. So like once the drums were done, then it was like the biggest nerves went to the person who had to go first because there was nothing there already. Yeah. And, uh, no, do you know do you know what it's like? It's like light boxing for your inks. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. actually what it that's actually like literally like what it is. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, it's Yeah. So um and what I would do also is I would pan like what I was recording hard right. So it'd be in my right ear and then whatever like the loop was that I was trying to kind of like um, that I was using as reference, I would pan hard left. So basically I had it in two different ears. So I could like hear what like I had done before in the left ear and then kind of like either like play off of it or be like, oh, I'm playing like the hi-hat like in quarter notes. I don't like that. I'm going to do like triplets instead. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of like subverting or like, um, yeah, I, would, I didn't really like stick. I tried really hard not to like stick to exactly what I was doing like in the loops because I just wanted it to feel like, organic and like it was a band recording the song in a room like i really wanted it to feel like live and full and i didn't want it to feel like cold and like i had pieced it together like this you know yeah let me ask you a sort of strange question now do you have a favorite ear a favorite ear yeah (laughs) um like i don't know if people are going to relate to this but like i definitely have a favorite ear mm -hmm. and uh, i you never thought about it before? It's just like, probably most people don't. I think about, there are certain like years I think about a lot. Like I think about 1995 a lot, which is oh, the year no, I was born. Oh no, I'm sorry, I said, I said ear. Now I know why like that question, <laughs> now I know why that question seemed to come from even further away. Uh, okay, no, oh your favorite, favorite ear, like left or, left or right ear. Cause you were talking about you pan something specifically this way and the other thing specifically this way. Is that because you have a favorite between your left and your right ear? Oh, um, so like for me, like um, my right ear is where I'm coming from. My left ear is where I'm going to. Okay. So you like, you sort of lead with that side. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Okay. Yeah. See, I think mine is much, I think my preference is much more, um, it's much more like, I think the reason that I like my left ear the best is because uh, from playing drums so long, even though I always use hearing protection, that's right, always. Um, I think that the crash ride on the right-hand side has just, like, dulled my hearing in my right ear just slightly. Uh, Mm -hmm. And so I think that my left ear is my favorite because, like, I genuinely hear the guitars, like, the best and blah, blah, blah. So I'm always, like, if I play on a record with another guitar player, I'm always, like, can I, like, if it's up to me, I'm in the left, like, always. That's my favorite, to be in the left speaker. Yeah. That's my favorite ear. Um, oh yeah. But now I'm curious like, why from, you said 1995. Was that the year that you think about? Oh yeah. Um, I said 95. Like it's the year I was born, but also like some like important stuff came out that year for me. Okay. Like Corona Trigger came out that year, which oh. is the game that like like changed my like that was like one of my first loves ever, and that's the game where I get my name from. Um, and also um, um, that like. T- uh, 
like my favorite unwound album came out that year future of what and like that album to me is like like that's like a guidestone that's like a um and i just like the way 95 looks that's like that's just a year that i think like I don't know. There's a lot of stuff that came out that year that like had an effect on me in a weird way, but yeah. there's like other years too, you know? Yeah. I, I, um, I'm trying to think like, yeah, 95, you know, I mean, I, I reckon I know about what was going on in my life. I don't know. It's not, it wasn't very like it didn't, I don't know. I don't really know if it felt important at the time or if it was just like what was going on, you know, but like, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's weird. I think like, I think like, you know, more, more than anything, uh, for me, like probably like 2009 was, was a big one for me because that's when I was just like, damn, there was all this stuff that in all my life, like I thought that all this other shit was like so much more important than doing what I thought, like, like all this other, like there were times in my life when I had like zero responsibilities to anyone except for myself and I could have been doing exactly what I'm doing now with like zero consequences like um and I just didn't do it because I thought having a job and shit was important and it's like like obviously it's important like to be able to like um feed yourself and and take care of the things you need to take care of but you know what i'm saying like i was like all worried about what happens if i get fired from this job because i want to go on tour like i never had a job that i should have gave a shit like about that shit about you know Mm -hmm. what i'm saying and so like it's like why in 2009 when i have like a fucking kid and you know and i'm married and like like why did it take me until then to be like well, like, as long as I can take care of the things that I can take care of, I should, I should really be chasing the things that I want to chase, you know? Um, yeah. But yeah, um, you know, to, that's how, you know, that's how uh, we get from you uh, mistakenly hearing <laughs> um, year out of, <laughs> out of ear. But um, yeah, it's, it's, um, I think that that kind of stuff is, is really fascinating as far as like just like sound production goes you know because like there's um there's like there's a lot of uh talk about like uh how you mix drums like do you mix drums from the drums throne or do you mix it from the audience you know and stuff like that there's like so much more debate over stuff like that and it always just boils down to like the way that i want to hear something you know um, oh yeah. Is that? Is, did you feel similarly, or or were you uh, hitting the YouTubes and seeing like what people thought were the correct way to do things? Um, or was it a little bit of both? I was kind of like going off of instinct. I think um, my like only like real training recording was I went to school for like video production, um, so I like I learned a lot about like film, like location sound, and like editing that. Um, I ended up not going into that because I worked in that industry for like a year and I was like, wow, they treat women terribly. It was before I came out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was just like, oh, I don't want to be a woman here. Uh, so I retreated to the library stocks and I'm much happier. But um, And then I took like one like semester long class in like music uh, recording uh, at school. Um, 
but pretty much everything I've learned, I've learned on my own, uh, just cause like I have that polymath instinct where I'm like, I don't learn from teachers really well. Like I learned from just like diving into like forums and like books and videos and like getting all the different opinions so I can form my own. But like, um, the kind of the way I approached recording was I wanted to, um, get more of like the live record, like the, I wanted to sound like a live record. Um, and like the way I approached, um, like guitars was like on the, on this next album I'm working on, like, I think the two guitars are going to be more separate. But this one, I was like, there's a main guitar and then there's like an auxiliary guitar. Mm-hmm. One that's kind of there to support the other. It's not like the television or like Jehu or like Fugazi thing where it's like two distinct guitars panned like hard left and right. Um, and bass, I originally had like up the center, but, um, it ended up being like too weird. So actually I thought about like where a bass amp sits on stage. And I was like, well, I always like it when it's to the left. Like if you're like looking at it from, from like the the audience, like the bass amps, like to the left of the drums. Hmm. Um, I didn't even notice that the bass was slightly panned. What'd you do? Like, like 75% or. Uh, the bass, it's like five left, just enough to get it separate from the kick drum. Oh, it it was that, it was that close. You were just like, okay, just a little. Yeah. Yeah. Just a little. And then, um, the auxiliary guitars pans, like, um, I think like 50 left. Um, and then the main guitar is like 30, right? So the main guitar is kind of taking up, taking up all of your right ear. And then the left ear is kind of there to support the right. Hmm. And like, and like feng shui wise or whatever, like that kind of felt correct to me. I didn't really pan the drums um, that distinctly, and I think like well, do you I don't just know, have doing the th- one track going in when you do the drums? Um. Or, so, or do, oh I, no, you said you yeah. I remember you saying that you recorded like the the different um, pieces of the kit separately, right? Yeah. So what I do, what I did was I like. I routed them all to be on their own tracks so I could process them a little differently. Well, basically so I could like EQ each of the pieces, but like I didn't do a whole lot of, I didn't do a whole lot of processing. I think most of the processing I just did on the whole drum, like all the whole kit. Cause I, to me, I think that sounds more natural. Um, just like, that's how we hear the drums. Um, and cause the thing too is like, I was trying really hard to just get a very naturalistic drum sound. So what I, the other thing I did, um, because for all the guitars, like those guitars aren't mics; those are all using cabsons. Um, yeah, the only like recorded guitar stuff is just uh, the feedback, which okay. I like did in overdubs. Yeah, that's like you did a really great job of like convincing, like like doing a very convincing like blend. Because yeah. like, a lot of times, like yeah, when the when the feedback is is dumped in onto like. Um, you know sim sim amp like guitars like it you you're like oh this sticks out like a sore thumb you know and i'm i'm certainly guilty of that like it's not yeah exactly easy sometimes yeah because you, you've got you really got to like tuck it in and you got to be like um because what i did was i basically like i like I recorded it like in lot like in real time first thing I, I did was like trying to just build like a sample library of feedback which like I have like on my desktop, I have like five feedback takes that I just use all the time because I think they sound really sick. But um, for 
everything on the album, I just like recorded the feedback live at spots where I felt like there would be feedback if I was playing this like in like a lot at like a show. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing was basically I made um I made a return that I called the room bus. And basically everything I filtered there to make like a fake room mic sound. Okay. Yeah, that uh, makes and that's a lot like, of sense then. Because that's, that's like what, what glued everything together. Yeah. That's what I was gonna say is like when if you if you're doing that like with the with the feedback guitars, like you almost have to like neutralize the room in it to make it s- sound right with those uh those you know sim sim amps and and like um yeah that's the tricky part you know um sometimes it's yeah. just like sometimes it's e- it's easier than others but so you 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 inserted a room sound into the the uh the sim amp guitars or just the recording as a whole so what i did was like basically every instrument like so like both the guitars the vocals the bass and the drum bus i all had going to one um like one track that just had like um like a high pass on it and then um a reverb and then like a slammed compressor and that was basically just to kind of simulate like what a a room mic would sound like okay and that like that was the thing that glued everything together. And like, I was like, okay, this sounds like real now. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. That's a, that's a, like a, did you, did you just like put that all together or was that something that you had seen referenced before? Or? I just came up with that yeah. um, in the moment, like looking back, like I've been like doing more research and like, that is definitely like a thing that people do. Um, oh, there's especially, yeah, there's always a thing like this. You, you know, when when you hear like about uh, like, you know, oh, and then somebody runs it through this and then somebody runs it out to that. And, you know, and you're like, what the fuck? And it's always a thing. It's like you think that this is the first time that you've heard of somebody doing something because it's so like it sounds so unusual or whatever and and there's always a precedent for it like um oh there always is yeah i mean it's just the the i i don't know if it's if it was you and i that were chatting about this uh, at some point um or just someone else that i was um chatting with about uh different like takes in audio but it's like there's always these things like you know the quarter on the on the bass uh bass drum uh there's the you know these different little tidbits of tricks and tips and etc etc and i'm always just like this is this is so this is where learning a little bit about foley you know is like oh yeah fucking mind-blowing because you can apply this to what you're doing like recording your music like in in ways that like you know it's like you think like it's like oh well this is what they would do to make those kinds of sounds like if i want this guitar to sound like um like if if i have this guitar part that i'm like this guitar part like sounds like i want like i feel like it when this guitar part comes on 
it, it, you're supposed to feel like it's raining around you, right? So how would you yeah. do that? How would you create that? And like you yeah. go in, you go into this Foley brain where you just like figure out, well, how do they do that in this? And like you know, and you start like analyzing, like, um, you know, the 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 different like, like all like how how far something gets from something to where certain sounds like bounce back and you know all this stuff like i mean it's so fascinating just like the way that uh people have um have a manipulated reverb for example you know and and just like the way people have found to get the bass uh the bass drum like just i mean just wild shit like making a tube and putting 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 like microphones in the end of this tube and oh yeah like so so wild like and i don't know it makes me like want to just get off and record a bunch of weird shit like you know but yeah or like i feel like a lot of like what i learned from like doing sound um for like some like movies like with my friends in college and like after college like um, cause I was always, I love like sound editing and like the thing that like ruined movies for me was like, like I can spot ADR like a mile away. Like, you know what I mean? Like when they like, like the shot is like clearly like, it's like a wide shot where there's maybe like, like 30 feet above the actor's heads. And like, you're like, well, they clearly can't like mic them with a boom. So like oh, they're oh. recording. Yeah, they're like, yeah, it's like ADR. It's like automated, like dialogue replacement yeah. or additional dialogue replacement or recording. It has like a bunch of different acronyms, but um, doing like stuff like that. Like, but the thing about like ADR that always like annoys me is when it's like when you're like recording like location sound for a film, like you have like a boom mic, which is like a condenser, and it's like pretty far away from like the actor's mouths usually. But um, whenever they do ADR, they're doing it with like, like a like a dynamic mic in a booth and it just sounds like the character of the sound is completely different yeah um and it like annoys the hell out of me when i'm like when it's like you're like it's like a woman and she's like oh i wonder it's like it's like it's like oh i always loved you and then it's like that's my name like it's like a like a deep, like a deep voice or like yeah. not a deep voice but like a it's like the tone is just completely different yeah, um, you can tell like the proximity to things and and just the um the, the difference in the uh the um <clears throat> range uh, that the mic is going to pick up and yeah. Yeah, like that sort of stuff and then like my favorite thing to all, I always loved doing was like um well cuz like whenever I had to do that I would always like record like room sound that sounded similar enough like to the room and then like try to blend it together and like looking back like that's actually what I did that's like pretty much everything I did was like creating like a fake room mic um for my recordings like that basically just kind of came from like like sound editing for like um short films um and um because like the other thing I always like like doing is like dialogue editing so if like someone like flubs a line like they like flub like i remember like one time there was um um the line the person had to say was fuck but they like the, the hard k was gone 
like it was just like it was dampened, like the mic was facing away or something. Whoever mm-hmm. was recording sound didn't do a good job. So I like went through the movie and found all the instances of like that vowel or like that consonant and then like spliced it together. <laughs> um, and like stuff like that was just always like, I don't know. It's like stuff that just makes you feel like a, like a, um, like you're like, it's a puzzle. Um, yeah. so like, and that's the part of like doing, like putting together music, like recording music for me, that is just like the part of it's where you're just like, I have this thing I need to make happen. How do I make it happen? Yeah. It's, it's wild. I, I try not to be too, uh, I try to just get, get a take and just, just send it through. But like, there have been a, an instance or so where like, it's like, you're just like, well, I like the first part of this is great. And the second part is whatever, but I'm kind of halfway through a word. That's not going to work, is it? And you put it together and it's almost just so cool that it actually works that you're just like, I could redo that, but that's kind of fun. Like, you know, like just like stuff like that, where it's just like, why does that work? Like it doesn't, it shouldn't work. Right. But I don't know. It's uh yeah, like if you like, or like if you solo it and you're just listening to it, like it's super obvious, but then like the minute it's in the mix, it's like no one's gonna notice. Yeah, yeah. And so it's like that's your that's your little like that's little your secret. little secret ingredient. Your little like no one's gonna know that's in the brownies, but it's there and it's kinda fun, you know? Like no one's yeah, gonna know there's like, a little bit of cumin in this, but you know. Yeah. <clears throat> but or, there it is. Yeah, it's yeah, and it's like there was a lot of that because um, like pretty much all the music I've released or I've like I've played on all the albums like I've played on that I've released like I haven't been the person like in charge of the band camp um, it's the first time that like I was like I had the keys um, and there were like, a couple times I had to like go back and like re-upload to band camp and like driving in the car like the first master because I mastered this myself um, I was like I had to learn how to master which was fun but um um, but like I like did I like put it all together and I'm like the sounds great go to bed and the next day I'm like driving to work and I put it on because I'm like I want to see how the mixes sound my car speakers and it's like it's just like super woofy and I'm like shit I need to like go back and like um like just like duck everything like below 50 hertz and then you do that and then you're like oh wait but that killed the loudness and then you have to go and do it again so like yeah that like that process was really like stressful, but like, and like now I've like uploaded everything to streaming services. Um, and it's like, once it's up on streaming, like you can't really go back. And like, there's a couple things that like I listen to now and I'm like, I wish I would have taken that out, but like, I'm not going to take something off like Spotify. Um, just, just like to get rid of like a little bit of extra sibilance on like a word. Like I'm just gonna, I'll live with it. It's fine. Yeah. I mean, that's I mean, I feel like that's the only way that I, ever actually learn anyway is just like by being unhappy with something <laughs> and and like you can't you can't accidentally do the same thing next time if it's something that like you know bounces bounces around like in in a permanent way like that you know like you won't accidentally yeah, like, make that mistake again yeah. yeah or it's like you know it's like um you know it's like when you're a kid like you know like you don't know not to touch cookies that just came out of the oven until you like touch the hand after they just came out and you burn your hand. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, like that's the thing where you like are like, oh, okay, that's why I don't do that. So for me, it's like, oh, double check like um, everything like in car speakers, double check it on phone speakers or like uh, bear in mind that like your vocals are always going to like your vocals are going to sound different on different size speakers. So like you want to make sure they're not like over the mix or in the mix. So like all these little things that like I know now and like now that I'm like getting into like the gearing up to like start putting stuff together for the next um slip silk release um like i'm like okay i know i got i got a new bag of tricks i got there i got some new drum solutions let's figure this out yeah for sure um so yeah i like you know the ep just came out and um it's fantastic hopefully like everybody's uh either already listened to it or they're about to uh go listen to it right after this uh but um like you you said that you're already like prepping the next batch of songs and um you know we've we've uh, barely hit on McQueen but um between Split Silk and McQueen uh what do you have coming up for for this this year like or what are your you know what are your goals um so McQueen um uh, is like my other band it's like uh started out as like psych punk and um we've kind of just like gotten into like electro like electronic territory almost because we um, are basically like a punk band with like a drum machine mm-hmm. um and we're doing like instead of like spazzy drum machine it's almost like club beats um so like um that's like a very different energy than like split silk which like is just kind of like i don't know they're very different which i like um but um mcqueen we haven't the we put out our second album last year um and uh, this year, the plan is basically to, we've already, like, recorded all of, like, our new, like, drum machine stuff, and we're going to be putting out as singles, um, and just kind of dropping those, like, every couple months, basically. Um, and uh, I know we're um, playing, um, we have some fests. Uh, I don't think I can announce them yet, but we're playing some fests uh, this year that I'm really excited about. Um, and I get to see some old friends. Um, but... Um, so that's McQueen. And then for Split Silk, um, uh, EP one is out. Um, the next EP I'm looking at doing later this year. And then, um, I, I love recording cover songs. Um, I know, uh, talk to, uh, Ataria from rid of me, but like, they've really like, like rid of me has inspired me with like the way they approach covers. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, so I've been like really wanting to like, mess with some covers um and like kind of pay tribute to a lot of like the like femmes who have inspired me like musically like um i have like a breeder's cover i have like a york cover um um i have like a portis head cover i'm working on i have like i kind of also like want to cover like a set myself on fire for you song just because like that was like such that's like such an important band to like my development um but um and those i'm probably going to put out around christmas and the plan is to get um friends to mix them uh friends of mine who like like the the artist i'm covering so that'll be kind of like a fun like way to um uh play around a little bit you know yeah yeah to see what happens under someone else's like lens as it were yeah yeah um well that's awesome and uh yeah i look i look forward to all that um uh is there like did we did we hit on everything or is there something else that we should chat about before we take off 
Um, I think that's everything. Um, I'll say, like, yeah, if you want to see the EP, it's uh, splitsilk.bandcamp.com. Uh, no spaces, no underlines, nothing. Uh, and for McQueen, if you just, uh, it's M-C-Q-Q-E-E-N. Uh, if you just type that into Google, it should uh, pull it up. And then if you want to follow me on Instagram, that's where I am most of the time. It's at Luca, L-U-C-C-A, underscore, underscore, Puka, P-U-C-C-A. And that's where I'm. Uh, that's where, like, I, that's, like, what I use the most to talk to people and uh, share stuff. So if you are at all interested in Split Silk, that is where I will be posting about it. And that was my conversation with Luca Cassandra Carver. Thank you so much, Luca, for taking the time to chat with me. I'd also like to take the time to thank everyone else that contributed to Sparks Magazine, including Tom Schlatter, Seth Babb, Kai Van Black, Benjamin James, Ophelia Jocelyn, Christopher Livingstone, and of course, all the amazing bands that contributed tracks. Until next time, take care and do good things. <laughs>